about his giant penis yes because i he's the king of wands obviously (laughs) well but that's the exact conversation that jenny said but i think that he's the king of swords because of his actions okay well we'll we'll discuss this on pod Because You're just going for necessary. the cheap penis joke, Esther. <laughs> it's not a cheap penis joke. It's a very nice penis joke. <laughs> All right. Welcome to the Wildly Tarot Podcast. Hi, Esther. Hi, Holly. So we're just going to jump right in with hyper-specific tarot decks because it's been something that I've been thinking about for like a couple days. After, a couple days? Well, yeah, because we got a question through our website about from Stephanie who was asking about hyper-specific decks because she really wants an office deck. Yes. With Michael Scott. Like, yeah, Michael Scott could fulfill so many characters. So but many, I just yes. love the idea <laughs> of, like, really hyper-specific pop culture decks. Yes. Kind of like how you have the uh, Lisa Frank one, where it's just like, yes, yes, yes. because nobody can make money off of these copywritten images, just create right. a deck and make it available make it to print on yeah, your exactly. own. Yeah, <laughs> Exactly. But, so the office was one that she brought up, but then our friend Jenny from Swing and Sparrow, the creator of Le Beaumont, and I were talking about Don Draper being yes. either the, she said King of Wands, but I was thinking King of Swords. And then I was like, you could probably do a whole entire series of the court cards with just Mad Men characters too. Oh yeah, definitely. I think Mad Men would be a fun theme for a Yeah, there are so many people that you can like really dig in. And I know that that's like kind of one of the plots of the creative tarot is using like pop culture references for the court cards. And I think Ethany oh, yeah. talks about it in her Ethany book as well. Too, yeah. But it's so fun because like Don Draper is a good example of somebody where it's like he could be either depending on where what your frame of reference is. <laughs> okay, so my frame of reference is his giant penis. <laughs> And so I would automatically go for the big dick joke with the King of Wands. Yeah. But I also, but I think that's more of a John Hamm. I would yeah. say. Yeah. Maybe like John, John Hamm, Hamm is the King of Wands. Like his personality, like in real life is more of a King of Wands in my yeah, opinion. Yeah. Yeah. And especially if like seeing interviews and then King of Swords, very like, he steps back very thinking. He's very calculated. Withdrawn and calculated. Yeah. yeah. And he's yeah. like willing to cut things out of his life. Like his whole yeah. entire previous life before the war, all that stuff. Exactly. So, but yeah. I love that exercise. I think that we should be coming oh, yeah. up with more hyper-specific. There's somebody, one of the wildlings in our Facebook group is doing a Seinfeld deck, which I love. Yes. And they keep posting like random cards. And I've never seen Seinfeld. It's not one of the TV shows that I've appreciated, but I do <laughs> understand the jokes. So I would love a Frasier tarot deck. Oh, was, like, that would be so much fun. Who like, would Frasier be? The Hierophant? Yeah, I, I was thinking like the hanged man because he can never like do anything. <laughs> like he's just a bumbling idiot almost. <laughs> See, so I've cool. never seen fr- <laughs> my only frame of reference for Frasier is just the dad and the dog. Just the dad? Oh, the dog. Okay, okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah. so Brittany K is the wildling who's making the Seinfeld deck for them for themselves. And uh, they were thinking about assigning each major character to a suit. So instead of it being like each character to a card, it would uh-huh. be like the wands are Kramers, the swords uh-huh. are Elaine. Anyway, so that's really great. I don't want to so spoil it. Like that. Just that's join really the Facebook cute. group if you want to find that so you don't steal Brittany's yeah. idea. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I would like, I love theme decks. I think it's just a fun exercise in general to try to like figure out, like, oh, my favorite TV show is like The Nanny. Who would Fran Fate <laughs> find me? You know? I love 
the nanny so much. That was like peak staying home sick from school yes. show yes. for me. That and Sally that Jesse and Raphael. Maury. Oh, okay. oh, oh, Sally Maury. Jesse Raphael. I was like Maury. <laughs> I think that probably Maury was Mar- Maury. What? Maury? Maury? Maury Povich? Maury Povich? I don't know. He's I think it's to- Maury. Yeah, he was probably on right before or right after Sally Jesse Raphael. Does anything okay. place us as like... 30 like to 35 kids, year like olds yeah, kids, exactly <laughs> then that specific <laughs> rundown of tv shows. like of afternoon tv yeah, exactly. so specific <laughs> <laughs> i mean we were proudly our age so what, maybe somebody needs to make like a all 90s like talk i'm sure that people have tried oh the gosh. all 90s thing but i want all 90s talk show hosts yes <laughs> Oprah. Oprah would be the empress. Yeah. That would be so much fun. So if anyone has any really hyper-specific tarot deck uh, ideas, please share them with us. Yes, please share them them with us. I want to hear them all. I do. It's your turn to choose card of the day. Yay! I am using my, well, I just received this today, the Mass Market Lightseers Woohoo! Which we're going to be reviewing next week on this very podcast. Yes, I was so excited. So in the afternoon at work, while I was doing many other things, I was also with a highlighter in hand edging this deck because <laughs> it was necessary. Like immediately. I was yeah. like, ooh. It's kind of like amazing how starkly white it is after handling yes, the Yes, I know. I, was, I opened I was like, oh, this is much more like strange. But it was, yeah. And we'll talk about it next week on the show. Yeah. I'm not going to spoil much of anything. I'm trying not to like brag too much. But <laughs> but guess what, Esther? I don't know if you've looked at the drive, but I have the decks we're going to be using listed on our schedule up through March. Yes. Every ah. week through oh my March. Gosh. Listener, this is a big deal. <laughs> This is, but I, it's our year, Holly. It's our year. We've already, it's we've our already chariot murder, murder furkin year. I don't know where that <laughs> little like trying to not swear thing came in. Uh, but yeah, through fucking March, March at least. And so we can't do any like brand new decks that come in until no. March. So hey, it's our podcast. We can adjust exactly. the schedule as needed. We, that's true. We can't adjust the schedule. <laughs> we can insert. We can insert a column or whatever. Yeah, exactly. A, we can insert a row in there. Okay. So our card of the day is the Ace of Swords, and I love this Ace of Swords because I love the spiral staircase going down to her brain. Yeah, because that's it's just like oh that inspiration and. That idea Digging it. That, yeah, yeah, having some exciting new cool things stuff. going on. Yes. I, I like it. it. Nice. And there's math, which is hopefully not like a signifying like thing <laughs> of what's going to go on in this episode. Don't Please make no me math. math. It's like <laughs> fractions and algebra. Why did you do this to us, Chrisanne? <laughs> 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 so this question is from Caitlin. They ask, I've been reading tarot for about a year now, and I'm getting to the point in my journey where I'm starting to build up a deck collection. Congratulations. (laughs) Seriously, I want all the decks. How do you guys manage your collections? When do you use some decks and when do you use others? I only have about 15 or so, and I already feel bad that some have been put out to the... I already feel bad that some have been put on the back burner. I almost said put out the pasture. <laughs> I was like, that's the wrong. They're all former <laughs> racing decks, and now they get to live out their retirement, eating alfalfa and lounging in the sun. <laughs> 
Do you want to confess to how many decks we have? I haven't I haven't counted recently. I counted a couple of weeks ago. Okay. Before the holidays, though, so before I got that huge influx of Kickstarter decks all at once, just like a huge, massive influx of decks. Right. I have, I mean, it's probably going to be vague. I'm embarrassed to admit this out loud. I have probably over 120. I think I have over 60. So I put some in, okay, so I put some in storage like last week because we're getting a new puppy. And I need to like I'm put so them a little excited. bit. Can we talk about the puppy more, just really quickly? Okay. Yes, talk about the puppy. She's a shelter. She's so she's gonna fluffy. Be your Monday. She's so fluffy, and she's a fluffy butt. Monday is so soon. I know it's so soon, but I'm not gonna even be home because I have camp that's oh away. God. Oh my god! So I'm not gonna be able to meet her until Tuesday night. Oh my god! Maybe she'll be totally, totally settled in and like already part of the house. Oh, I hope so. Well, there. well, my husband's gonna have to do the whole meeting by himself. Oh my god! So he'll probably probably do. So he'll probably put the, both the dogs in different rooms and like just yeah, not let them just meet. keep them separate till you get home. <laughs> yeah, <he's laughs> Esther, like, you please, can handle I this. Need to, please, Esther, I need you here to. So, what to are we naming this. this beautiful fluff butt? This blue little beautiful fluff butt is going to be named Kamja, which is potato in Korean, <laughs> and it got named that way not be, because okay, so it was when really I, this, without any input from you. It I was think. it was not exactly <laughs> my doing. So my husband's. We saw this puppy in the group, and I when I see lots of puppies, they all have, like, little fat tummies, and they're all so cute, and I just call all puppies potatoes. Yeah, I think that that's, like, a pretty normal... A like, pretty normal thing. Yeah. But not in Korea. Oh. So everyone started calling all the puppies in, like, general, oh, like, look at all the Kamjas. And then it became a thing where I have to name this puppy Kamja now, because <laughs> everyone calls this puppy Kamja. And so it was really, like, more of, like, a kickstarter effort to name yeah this puppy. a crowdsourced puppy name <laughs> hey but the good thing is that once she's home you can start calling her anything yeah, what if true. what if her real name is like butterfly or butterfly nobby is butterfly nobby that's not the nobby? best no uh, exactly <laughs> it has to kind of be korean it's the problem <laughs> i still i still want you to just name her fluffy fluffy oh, she's yeah. so fluffy she is so fluffy she's a sheltie and Shelties aren't really like a very common dog here, so I just love gonna, their dumb faces. Cute, Ugh, anyway, sorry. So cute. So you That's put okay. away your nicest decks then? No, I put puppy? away the like just a bulk of ones that I don't reach for on like a, a constant basis. Oh, okay. So like so any of them that not that are like necessarily older, but like I have multiple copies of RWS that I'm not going to reach for because I already have one RWS out, yeah. so I need like three others out. So I just ones that I knew I wasn't going to reach for on a regular basis or like older Oracle decks that I don't reach for, then I put those like in like a, by storage. I mean like a box in reach, but it's just out <laughs> of the way. So <laughs> not just out of the open, right? Just so it's like off, like it's off the ground, so to speak, and like not over pouring like decks everywhere. Yeah, just that's a good because, strategy. Just so like because with any sort of puppy, they're just going to be chewing everything within reach. Yeah, totally. Just so, tons of stuff. Puppies are really a lot. They're chaotic for the first year. At <laughs> yeah, least. yeah. So. Yeah, so, yeah, it's true. So I think that's a good way to handle your decks. I mean, I just yeah. have all of mine on shelves and Esther and I have both shared sort of our organization strategy on Patreon. So maybe we'll post like just still images somewhere else where people can kind of see where they are. I think that the main thing is that like remembering that tarot decks are tools and they're mm-hmm. not 
necessarily I mean I know that some people see them this way but I have to not see them as like sentient like they don't know if they're on a shelf for years right because they're just paper (laughs) right yeah well like I think like people a lot of times I think the term is anthropomorphized yeah 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 and people I was like like a five-syllable word Holly I know you totally nailed it too (laughs) So I think a lot of people like they like, oh, my deck is talking to me. It's feeling. And we have to remember that we're the ones that are giving energy to our tool. Yeah. If that makes any sense. That the energy is coming from us and not that this deck is like a living object, if it makes any sense. Right. And if you are struggling with seeing it that way, you could just see it as something that like each time you use it, you do something special. Like, yeah. Sort of almost like like Marie Kondo it almost like be oh, like yes, not in the way of like does it bring me joy or should I get rid of it but like thanking it before yes. using it and then yes. thanking it after you use, use it that can kind of help with the animism part of like how people you're right anthropomorphize their decks and just saying yeah. like thank you for helping me or whatever you're right and and you can also see like if you need to store them away from you seeing it as like this is a time of rest for you yeah you know, making sure it's extra like coddly towards it put it with crystals and like put it like in a place where it can see the moon and stuff like that like so there's stuff that you can do to make the process not feel as like hate filled i guess yeah like, or by, like, like separating like, yourself from it. it's yeah it's not like you're trying to hurt it <laughs> Right, exactly. <laughs> but the other thing, and I think that this kind of like aligns a little bit with a to be read pile. Like, if you're a big reader, you have a, a TBR pile that could be like thousands of books long, like all of yeah. the things you hope to get to. And if you right. start going down the path of collecting tarot decks, you kind of just have to see all of your decks as like TBR. Like, they're all yeah. on the docket. You could read with any of them at any time, but there's not any like motivation negative motivation to not reading with one like it's Mm -hmm. just it just happens yeah and And one of the things like that also we see is that like some seasons there are more like there are decks that feel more appropriate per season so if you just go into it thinking like i use pagan other worlds in the fall and winter yes then you won't feel like you're ignoring pagan other worlds the rest of the year because you know that it has a role Yes. Yeah. I like that sometimes when I'm going through my collection, I'm like, oh, yeah, this is here's Sherry Wolf Tarot. This is really bringing my, me joy. I'm going to yeah. use it for a little while. And you take it back out. So it's kind of like a nice surprise sometimes when yeah. you're like, oh, I forgot about this little friend of mine that I yeah. had here. Like, so for, for me, it's not like not that you've ignored it or like been bad to your deck for kind of forgetting it. It's just the tool that's there when you need it. And then sometimes like a crystal, sometimes crystals get lost and they move around and then you find it a day and you're like, oh, my gosh, this crystal is here back you know, has yeah. come back to me again and it fills you with joy. So. And that happens with, cl- that happens with so many things, clothes, like leaving yeah. a scarf in your car and then finding it three months later and being like, ah, there it is. Money in your <laughs> coat pocket. I yeah, mean, come exactly. on. <laughs> so obviously we're not people who are going to talk anyone out of having a tarot deck collection, oh, but no, also no, no. we're not nearly as bad as our friend, Rachel tarot tidbits 87 <laughs> on Instagram, who has like over 700 decks. But when I was going, I was homesick yesterday and I spent the morning like in some weird fugue state of trying to figure out how to plan moving forward for this year because it's our chariot year. We're going to get shit done. And my list, even without you adding your more recently acquired decks, we have like 120 decks that we own that we have not yet, that one of us owns that we have not yet talked about on the podcast. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And I haven't even added, I haven't added anything that I've bought since September. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. (laughs) 
So that's the thing is that we we yeah. have a lot of decks, but we also use decks every single day. And so it yeah. just like we know we'll get to everything at some point or exactly. we'll give it away. Like we just got this yeah. beautiful box from our listener, Lori, who was going through her stuff and she found what, like 10 decks she wasn't Ten using anymore and sent them yeah. all to us. 10 books or 10 decks and like four or five books. She just sent them all our way, and that was a really very incredibly generous yes. thing for her to do. I'm not saying you have to send us the decks and books that you're not using, but <laughs> there will be people in your life who are interested. Right. Yeah. And I, I enjoy it because Lori brings a different tarot perspective than what either of our, us have. Yeah. And so we're able to see decks and experience decks that we wouldn't necessarily like reach for and appreciate them because she's been so generous with totally. us. There's one so, There's yeah. one... Uh, like sort of self-love, self-care oracle that I literally oh, yeah. never would have picked up because the art isn't really my style. It's a little bit like maybe early 2000s feeling, but the cards mm-hmm. themselves are so good that I was yeah. like really happy to have my hands on them because she sent them to me. They're really yeah. cool. Yeah. So I guess the moral of the story is like you don't owe your cards anything <laughs> as long as you're <laughs> using them and yeah. getting something out of your tarot cards you can't really let like feel that bad about stuff that doesn't get used as often as others yeah because the t- the tools you use are the tools you need for that time yeah and like you know don't feel bad that oh like she wolf tarot doesn't really fit this like what i need to be reading right now but i feel bad like just appreciate it for what it is and like come back to it when you can yeah and it's also cyclical too because i just feel yeah. like with anything sometimes you're just like you'll overuse something and then come back to it later or whatever Mm -hmm. and that's okay especially if you have a lot of copies of something Mm -hmm. like you don't have to be using each of them every day but Esther I like what you said about like if you're anthropomorphizing them to the point where you feel like honest to god sorry for the ones you're not using giving them a view of the sky and putting crystals on them and like treating them sweetly could work why not yeah it's your deck do what feels good. Yeah. I Before I gave my American Girl doll to my coworker's daughter, I had her in a cupboard, but like she was in a cupboard with a pillow and a blanket and a bunch of books. <laughs> like I anthropomorphized her so yeah. significantly that I wanted to make sure she had like recreational activities in the closet that I had put <laughs> so her in. So precious. <laughs> I love that. I love it. And then I gave her to somebody else who'd use her more. So, I, But I did keep yeah. her for a really long time because I was like, what if I need her still? Like, what if Addie yeah. doesn't want to leave? <laughs> yeah. And sometimes Dex will let you know when they want to leave. I think Boy Diviner on Instagram, he, like, does that to Dex a lot. He'll, I think he even created a spread a couple of weeks ago where it's, like, asking them, if, are you ready to move on? Oh, cool. What's the spirit of you? It's, it was, like, really interesting because, like, he asked the cards directly. Yeah. Are you, do you want to stay? Do you want to go? What's going on? Sort of stuff. That's so cool. If, so you can approach it that way if you feel like your relationship with the deck is no longer, like, sustainable. Yeah. So. Huh. So, yeah. I like it. All right. Well, yeah, I mean, I don't know. Keep collecting. Don't feel bad. Hopefully that answers your question. (laughs) I know. I I feel like I started at being like, well, they're not sentient. You don't have to give a shit. And then moved on to, but you should leave them with recreational activities in the (laughs) space in which you've left them. So. I mean. I'm all over the place. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Our second question is from Patrick A., the conscious empath. Uh, And he says, I'm planning... 
a move in May of 2020 from Ohio to Florida. I feel like I've accomplished and completed everything I was sent to Ohio to do. And I'm wondering if there are any loose ends that I am blessed to take care of or tie up before this move happens. This is a great question. It was a nice question. I was like, ooh. I really like the idea of when you move being like, is there anything that I should be resolving that I don't know I should be resolving? That's such a good idea. That would be good for, there should, there, maybe I'll write a spread for that about like leaving a job too. Like when you already have something lined up and you're about to go, like how can you make sure that you're always leaving the place you're leaving in the best way? Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I love it. Um, but how do we want to answer this? this? (laughs) Yeah. Do you want to ask like, are, cause we can't really ask like, are there loose ends? Because that's kind of like, it's a yes yes or no. Yeah. So I guess now is the time to write the spread. We can just have it be a wildly terror spread instead of a Holly spread. Oh, Hey, that's true. Okay. So what do we, what this is, look, we can do an example of live spread writing on the air. Live spreading here on live live spreading. So my first step is always like what I want to get out of it. So obviously what we want to get out of it is the loose ends. Right. So maybe like two positions for loose ends. Yeah. So that'll be the end. Loose ends. I think the beginning checking. I always like to start a spread with checking in on where you currently are. Okay. So in this context, like. uh, Because maybe. So I'm think we'll get for if we ask for the energy that Patrick is experiencing. Patrick. Did I say that right? Yeah. Yes, Patrick is experiencing. It's just going to be like a six of swords or an eight yeah, of cups. Yeah, 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 that's true. So we kind of want to be I want, more I'm specific. thinking like something you should already be proud of accomplishing. Okay. Uh, accomplishing. And then maybe instead of loose ends, like an area that you could exert more energy into for now. And then loose ends, maybe? <coughs> I think a bug just flew into my mouth. Oh, no. <laughs> You could also start with like a general theme of your not of your leaving. What word would be better there? Of, of your, your transitioning. Trans- yeah, there you go. General theme it's, of if it's transition. just a transitioning, yeah. Theme of transition, like it's kind of where you are now. Something to already be proud of accomplishing. An area of focus and the like during the transition, and then loose yeah. ends to tie up here. Yeah. Loose ends to tie up before leaving. Because then it's about transition in general, not just about Exactly. Loose ends. And not just loose ends. Exactly. Tie up before you go. And then do we want to do like a pep talky sort of like? No, because Art. I guess if we're yeah. doing an area of an focus for the transition. Yeah. We're, I think yeah. we're okay because we're already doing accomplishment, an area right. of focus for the transition, and then loose ends to tie up before you go. So it's still ending on an action. It's Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which is always it's, 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 my goal. <laughs> I love ending on an action. Cool. So that is going to be probably just a one, two, three, four, five. Because we'll do two for loose ends. We could do two yes. or three for loose ends even. So I think, so yeah, we could do two cards for loose ends. Because I think if you do more than that, it'll just get to like, here's my to-do Too list. Congested. Rather than like, yeah, exactly. here are things that I can just accomplish. Exactly. Yeah. Awesome. All right, Patrick, we'll post this, an image to this um, on Instagram and in the show notes after I'll create it and send it to you before you post the new episode. Thank you. Of course. All right. So general theme of transition. Do we want to do our each pull a card thing or do you want to just go back and forth? Uh, I I, I like it when we both pull cards together. Okay. So sounds good to me. 
I was reading Queer Cosmos today, and we are very compatible as people. I don't know if you've read that section yet, but Holly and I are very compatible. No, but I did so. read Nathan the section of me and Nathan and actually uh-huh. cried. Oh, The Taurus Capricorn gosh. thing is just like, I don't know. I just loved it. So, oh, that's another spoiler. We're doing a review of Queer Cosmos, which is a new astrology book, as a bonus episode next week, just on our regular feed. Um, yeah. we're really excited about it. The publisher sent us uh, e-copy and an actual copy and queer cosmos is like an amazing Instagram account to follow that we've oh, both talked about so a lot. Good. And the book is one of the most fun. Yeah. I, like such I a fun hear writer. his voice. Yeah. <laughs> he is because like there are some people whose voices when you read the book, you just can't hear them even though you know their voice. Yeah. But his voice is like so specific. You can hear it in his writing yeah. and it's amazing. I'm so excited to talk about it. So we'll be reviewing that Same. next week also. But yeah, it's I the interesting thing. Well, and we'll talk about this at more length, but the cool thing about it is that it's called Queer Cosmos, but it's way more about just like not assigning gender to the way that we interact with people. So I feel like yeah. with any partnership, it's accurate. Yes. But obviously I'm only like a quarter of the way in, so I could be wrong. But anyway, I'm into it. No, it's good. It's so good. <laughs> so good. Okay, so Patrick. What is the first? I have forgotten our spread. Can the you first position is the general theme of transition, kind of like a where you are now. Did you get the eight of cups or the six of swords? No, I got the Seven of Cups. Oh. So close. (laughs) And I got the Two of Cups. Oh. Lots of cups. Yeah, no kidding. So you feel, like, pretty emotionally great about this transition. Like, there are a lot of options Mm -hmm. uh, for you moving forward. And you feel really in alignment with kind of, like, what your goals are, I guess. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I would think that. Like, just you, you have lots of options moving forward. And you feel open and good about it. So. Yeah, that's exciting. It is. Uh, perfect. Yeah, I love having something like that happen, especially when a Seven of Cups comes up because you're like, ooh, maybe there are too many options. But then the confirmation of a Two of Cups being like, of cups. you're feeling solid and aligned and like really positive right. about having, this. Having a lot of options is not a bad thing sometimes. Yeah, exactly. Because I do think that the Seven of, of, or the seven of Cups, I think because... Options can feel so overwhelming. I feel like people tend to read it as being overwhelmed with options rather than just like kind of excited about options. You have choice. That's nice. That's always nice. Exactly. Okay. So something to be proud of accomplishing. Okay. So we're proud of accomplishing. Maybe we should add something like in your current. Oh, in your current. Yeah. In your current. Currently something you're proud of accomplishing. Yeah. Um, Sounds weird. Yeah, currently sounds weird. Something to be proud of accomplishing in your in this moment. Existing. No, yeah. Plane. I know. Plane is what I keep wanting to say. But that is so <laughs> that's so alien of you. Yeah. Well, and also he's not leaving this plane. Wait, he's just going to Florida. Maybe he's taking a plane to Florida. Maybe yeah. that's why. In your existing situation, I guess. Yeah. Circumstances. Yeah, situation sounds better than circumstances. Okay, so something to be proud of accomplishing already. Uh, Page of Pentacles. I really like this deck. Uh, what, what deck are you using? I'm also using the Mass Market Lightseers. 
So, spoiler alert for next week's episode. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. And I got the Nine of Wands. So, you've just persevered a lot. Yeah. Yeah. You you went there thinking, I'm going to start something new. And I'm going to kind of, like, go and learn and be on an adventure. And part of that can be so exhausting. And I think that that's something to be really proud of, of just, like, what Esther said, persevering through the kind of, like, new man on campus, like, sort of maybe slightly naive and experienced version of mm-hmm. yourself that you brought with you to Ohio is now kind of being like you being really proud of how much you got done while also experiencing some feelings of like maybe uncertainty or newness. Yeah. yeah. I, you went through a lot basically and you came out on the other side really great. So. Exactly. I love it. An area yes. to focus on during this transition. So this is kind of like a theme card for like what, like for the transition itself as you're leaving Ohio to go to Florida, a theme to focus on. Oh, I got the sun, which is the, the sunshine state is Florida, FYI. So Lightseer's Tarot is being punny. Yeah. So And I got the seven of wands. So I feel oh. like that sort of like uh, if you run into any conflict during the transition, just keep your eye on the prize, eye on the sunshine yes. state, eye on the excitement and joy rather than whatever conflict you find with moving, which, I mean, anytime you move, that's a really long distance to move. There's always yes. going to feel like some seven of wands energy where things are kind of like trying to get in your way and you just have to like mm-hmm. kind of rise above it all. And that's the other thing yes. in this card from this specific deck. She's like on, she's enclosed in a bubble on a dais oh. above the wands. So mm-hmm. she's not being impacted by the conflict happening below her. And I feel mm-hmm. like in this context with that, like kind of being a theme just yes. rise above the drama of moving and focus on the sun. <laughs> yeah, I like that. Me too. Okay, so then each of us are going to pull a card for loose ends to tie up before you go, and then we're going to read them individually rather than combined. Then together. Exactly. Yes. yes. Loose ends to tie up. Okay, so for loose, I was like looking at who wants to talk. Go for it, girl. So for loose end, I got the page of cups. So I think there may be some like, what did you get? I got the queen of cups. Oh, I think it's for me, I see it as like a relationship with a new person. Yeah. Like there's there's some friendships that you need to kind of like close out well. Maybe like a mentorship, maybe like having it be the page and the queen is kind of like some emotional mentorship. So maybe there's like a, I said we weren't going to read them together, but then it seems like. There's two cups in the same suit. Yeah, exactly. There are a lot of cups in this whole reading. (laughs) Yeah. So many cups. But I love this page of cups because it's like there's a pig flying. So it's kind of like when pigs fly. Yeah. Like imagination sort of like feel to it yeah cute but i do think a page and a queen of cups is really easily interpretable as like a mentorship where you're sort of like like either as the mentor or the mentee just make sure that that is something that you're leaving in a positive place and in a supportive place and in a loving place so make sure that everything is sort of out on the table about like why and how and there aren't any feelings of abandonment left like make sure you're leaving it as a whole entire emotional sort of connection rather than yes severing anything accidentally exactly yeah i completely agree awesome i like that spread that was very good 
Well done, team. Yeah, go team. <laughs> and good luck, Patrick. Yes, good luck, Patrick. Uh, oh, moving, man. It's a whole thing. But it does feel good to kind of like get stuff accomplished and like the pig spread your wings and fly exactly and use those seven of cups to find the thing that suits you the best yeah all right so the last thing that i want to talk about before we talk about patreon stuff is we got an update from q who we uh answered a question for anonymously a couple of weeks ago who was trying to decide what route to go on for her criminal justice uh degree And we had said maybe some sort of advocacy. I was thinking death row. And she responded and said that we were welcome to share this information. And I wanted to because it's incredibly good to know. Yes. So she says, Holly, you are really close with advocacy, but if, but very few States have continued to execute those on death row due to advances in science and forensic evidence. As of the January 2nd, there are only 19 pending executions across the U S and half of them happen to be in my state of Texas. My rage topics for the last semester focused on plea deals, pre-trial detention, and wrongful conviction. Advocacy and groups like the Innocence Project have definitely called to me. My criminal justice and police reform ideas are mostly based on my disgust for how the system operates. And this is the part that I wanted to include the most, Esther, because mm-hmm. it's so good. Like 70% of those of people in jail have not been convicted of crimes. Most of those are nonviolent crimes, and most of these individuals don't have the financial means to bail out of jail. So the fastest way for these people to get back to work to support their families is to take a plea deal. Despite the fact that they have a right to trial, or sorry, despite the fact that the right to trial um, by jury is a constitutional right, over 94% of criminal cases are disposed of by plea agreement, Mm -hmm. which is huge. That's such a significant number of people. Prosecutors and law enforcement have used something called charge bargaining to scare innocent people into taking a plea. They tell them that if they go to trial, that they'll be charged with stacked variations of the same crimes, multiplying the possible prison sentences to a ridiculous amount of time. So people plead guilty to a crime so they can go home in a couple of weeks instead of 20 years. A few specific areas have outlawed plea deals and things seem to be working for those areas. So that could help some or better would be getting rid of the financial bail system and releasing nonviolent offenders using the current probation parole system. That would do a lot to turn these numbers around and save the state slash county from the cost of housing inmates that haven't been convicted. Let's face it, most people don't have the financial means to afford an attorney that's willing to fight to trial. They also can't afford to lose that source of income for months at a time. And once you have one conviction, it's already hard to find jobs or housing. It's also harder to fight if another charge comes their way. So I think that that's like... All of us, whether we have criminal justice backgrounds or not, can be concerned about, like, the plea bargaining and the sheer number of people who have not been convicted of crimes sitting in jails. Yes. So I wanted to include that. And thanks to Q for giving us that information because... Yeah, that insight was really great. Yeah, I knew some of it. Like, I've Mm -hmm. been... The last time I served on a jury, the case got pleaded out before we had to go through the whole jury selection process. And I knew, like, some vague stuff about it, but I think that having the stats is really helpful. I did not realize that 70% of people in jails haven't been convicted of crimes. That's so bananas to me. Yeah. So thank you, Q. Good luck on this journey. I'm excited to see kind of where it takes you and definitely keep us updated. Yes, yes. Please keep us updated. Yeah, we care a lot about this too. We met through a true crime podcast fan group, so we care a lot about criminal justice reform. Yeah. So Patreon shout outs. We have amazing Patreon supporters. Um, We love them so much. 
And one of the things that happens if you support us on Patreon at the five or fifteen dollar level is that we give you a little card shout out. We draw a card for exactly. you exactly. And if you want to show your support of us and get a whole bunch of extra content, you can find our Patreon at Patreon.com/slash Wildly Tarot Podcast. Do you yes. want to start with Amanda? Yes, I shall start with Amanda. One, two, three, four, six, seven. Ha ha ha! One, two. Okay, Amanda, your card is the Eight of Swords. Time to make some choices. Daphne, your card is the World. And Adrian, one. Oh, Adrian, the Lovers flew out of my deck. I love this Lovers card. Oh my God, we're doing it again. What? What? Are so we doing? usually did when you pull you, the Lovers, yeah, I pulled the Lovers for at the same time that you did. That's so bizarre. I really, okay, sometimes well. when we're doing Patreon cards, I like to just do, like, pull a card for each of yours, too. Because yeah. And, and like, I, I randomly, like, wildly shuffle, and Holly's just, like, pulling random cards. Yeah. So it's not like we have it planned. Exactly. Like, but I also pulled anyway. the lovers at the exact same time that you did. Oh, so you're super lovey. Yeah. All right. Do we have any announcements? Just that our Lenormand deck is almost done. Esther's been putting blood, sweat, and literal <laughs> tears into it. It's so close. Uh. She has to do some reformatting because the printer that we use was like, this isn't the right resolution. So we'll see how it goes. But we'll probably open up pre-orders for our Wildly Lenormand deck in the next few weeks, maybe. Once we get a a sample sent to us. Um, And so our idea behind the Wildly Lenormand deck is that it is going to help people learn Lenormand. Um, It's straightforward. It has all the components. The meanings, the uh, card assignment, the number, the all of it. Everything. Everything. Everything's there for you. Exactly. So we're really excited about that. Uh, We already made the announcement about next week's episode and our bonus content for next week. (laughs) (laughs) Spoiler. You know, we're just too excited. We're just so excited about it. Just wanted to share it with you. Exactly. And I think that that's kind of it. Is that it? Do we have anything else going on? We have too much going on in behind the scenes. Yeah. <laughs> so. I mean, our my, our main announcement is thank you so much for bearing with us last week when we just couldn't handle it. I think that both of us are feeling like a thousand times more yes, prepared to move forward better. through this year after oh, yes. a week off. Um, I hope you enjoyed our Freedomite episode. After re-listening to it, I was like, <laughs> we're bananas. But it did yes, make me want to really do fun. more cold Patreon episodes because that was really That's fun. That's very true. And we just requested to me through our Instagram. Like, yeah. Instagram. People were like, um, are you going to do more cults? I was like, well, we didn't want to become like wildly culty podcasts. Yeah. Or anything, yeah. But, we, you know, we don't want to step on any want. toes, but we like talking about them. <laughs> we do love talking about cults. Okay. So is it time for our deck review? I think so. I hope so. Ugh, yes, we made it. <laughs> so I added some additional parameters this week because I'm trying to make it a little bit more of a useful review, but oh. we'll start with, we are talking about Madam Clara's five cent tarot this week. Madam Clara on their website says about this deck, the five cent tarot is a fun and whimsical deck loosely inspired by Victorian era poster art using vintage images and remnants of biological and botanical ephemera. This deck incorporates keywords in the upright and reverse positions. There are no people in this deck, but flora animals and insects with sometimes human accessories and unexpected elements. I love all of the monocles in this deck. Yes. This deck is also full of small surprises and fun bits of whimsy. The idea is to engage the reader with images that are interesting yet clear and to the point. Quirky and fun, and this deck, pentacles are buttons, wands are matchsticks, swords are needles, and cups are vintage teacups. 
The words in the upright and reverse position are scaled to a size that will be helpful for new readers, but also not a distraction for experienced readers. The compositions also employ the symbolism from traditional tarot and are therefore RWS adjacent. Very nice. So where to find it? We both got ours on Kickstarter. Yes. But it's available on Etsy now. I think like the full package that we got on Kickstarter is the same package people receive on Etsy. Yeah. Like, like the whole entire like the bag, the, bag. the pin, everything. Yeah, it's the same exact what we what we got on on Kickstarter. Yeah, and so. it's very You're affordable for an indie deck. Oh, super affordable. Yes. So literally, how it physically is, which is a new parameter, because I do think that we've been. I am not good about this because I don't care that much about it, but I know that people do. <laughs> we I, we've been skimming over cardstock stuff, so it comes in a magnetic box. Very sturdy. Yes. It has yes. a little white book that is the little white book that I like the most, where it includes like reasons for components of the card selection. Yeah, art choices. Yeah, things. Yeah, which I always, I always really like in a little white book. I think as somebody who's a more experienced reader, that's way more interesting. Yes, than yes. just like straight up definitions. Like I want to hear yes. about why you chose certain things. That's why I'm always curious. Like to me, like definitions don't really vary too much between decks, but the art choices do so much. So that's why I kind of want to be inside your brain, trying to figure out why you chose this. Exactly. For that reason. <laughs> why? Why did you choose this? But the magnetic <laughs> box is my is my favorite type of box other than a yes. sturdy two-piece box, but it fits yes. like nice and tight. It's not it's like very snug. It's a snug. It's just perfect. It doesn't feel like there's a ton of extra space. Nothing feels like it's sort of slamming around in the box. No. Yeah. Um, do you want to talk about the cardstock because you have better words for it than I do? The cardstock is absolutely amazing. I don't know what kind of other words you want from me. It's kind of no, like a like a poker it's deck like a almost, linen, like a matte linen kind of. Like I'm not the one for like specific. I I cannot specifically tell you exactly because I don't have it written down in front of me. Oh, that's but, true. Which is something we can add if you want to. If you think that specs, including like the GSM of each card, yeah. is helpful, we can try to include that in the section too. To just let us you. know. But just the feeling of this deck, it's super luxurious. Yeah. It's one of the better card stocks. It holds up very well. Like, I'm a habitual shuffler, like, all the time, hours a day. And this deck has withstood that. Um, I I do want to say I did receive a card initially that had, like, a little flaking. We discussed it a couple weeks ago. Yeah. But the the creator was, like, immediately, like, sent me a replacement card without any question. Yeah. It was was an amazing experience. Yeah. Madam Claire is a total pro. Like, they have created a lot of decks, and all of them are just incredible. I will support every yeah. deck from them from forever, now on. forever. Seriously. Yeah. They've really proven themselves as a deck creator. Um, I think that if you've ever felt any of Madame Clara's other decks, this is a slightly like more refined feeling linen than something mm-hmm. like the mid centurion tarot. Cause it definitely is still linen, but it feels really like high. It feels, like sleek and kind of metallic. ish. Yeah. Makes any sense. Like that, like there. We, I've had lots of linen decks, like, um, and I even have like some of the cards that Madame Clara sent me. Yeah, and it's sort of like it's like a very like I guess like casino finish on it. Yeah, that's very sleek. Yeah, and it fe- almost feels metallic in the way that it and the, the texture in my hand and sort of theatrical because you can imagine spreading this out like in sort of like in a reading that would just make it look so cool like, because it's so yeah. smooth it would just fan out yeah. like in a 
second. The other cool thing about this deck is that you can select what color edging you want. There's a couple of different options for the edge colors and also a couple of different options for the bag colors and the backs. And I think the backs. Yeah. So there's a couple of variations, which is really, really unique and special too. Yes. I loved it because I when sometimes when you're looking at Kickstarter decks and they're like, oh, we have a couple of color choices and everyone's choosing the wrong color, in my opinion, the wrong color. <laughs> I'm like, come on, <laughs> like, don't choose the wrong color. What are so you that was doing? Nice <laughs> what are you doing? Why do you have such bad taste? Yeah. Um. So that was nice to where like there were color choices available, but you could also kind of personalize it. So everyone's deck's going to be really different. Yeah. And that's really cool. It makes it there's like a really big and this also happens a lot with Kickstarter stuff just because you as a Kickstarter supporter, you watch something go from like very beginning to very end a lot of the time. So yeah. there's always a sense of ownership, but then also being able to select so many specific details makes mm-hmm. that sense of ownership even stronger. Yes. So what are your general impressions slash what is the vibe of this deck for you? Oh, so I've been kind of using this as like learning reversals. Yeah. Because it's like a really great deck to kind of just pick up and start kind of learning that aspect of tarot. Even though I'm still not really comfortable with using that as a daily practice thing. It's just kind of getting me used to sort of like the more shadow meanings of cards that I wouldn't necessarily like automatically go to. Yeah, totally. So I think that's like, it's just like a little bit of a stretch in my tarot like muscles right now. Yeah. So that's really nice. The Victorian poster component of this is I love Victorian theme. It's so cool. I love yes. that it's kind of like Beatrix Potter almost with all of the different yeah. animals wearing waistcoats and stuff. And mm-hmm. I just feel like it's really like I haven't used it for any big readings, but I really like pulling a single card from it mm-hmm. um, because I do. I, I know that they were being more conscientious about how big the keywords are, but I do find in a larger spread, there's a lot of information on it's each card. Yeah. And so yeah. it's a little bit easier to like really get everything you want to get out of each card if you just pull one at a time. Mm-hmm. And I think there's a lot of thoughtfulness with the the animals chosen yeah. in this deck. I think that that will come out, I think, in some of our favorite cards as well as like snakes aren't used negatively. Oh, my gosh. I, I know that I kept thinking when I was choosing my favorite cards, like, wow, the snakes in here are like the bat, like they're on the world yeah, really and good. they're like, yeah, they're in and all the these lovers, really beautiful the two of cups. And I'm like, oh, yeah, like this. This like, is really clearly nice. Madame Clara is clearly a snake lover as well. Madame Clara is yes, a student. FYI. That. Yeah, yeah, it is a student. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I just really appreciate that aspect because a lot of times with like, I just love animals in general. Yeah. So I, just, I don't like the demonization of animals that we don't understand or that I kind of always seem, like, scary. So that's why I appreciate in this deck, like, the animals are really thoughtfully, like, put into the card. Yeah. And the artwork is just beautiful. And there's, like, a huge variation of animals. There's bugs. There's, like, lizards. There's mammals. There's yeah. Bats. Birds. I mean, there's all sorts of so stuff. So many. Yeah. Okay. So let's go through our favorite cards, then. I want to hear about yours. Okay, so I will start. I think I have 10. So I'll start with the Four of Needles, which is a sleepy time bear. I love that. He's so cute. He's so cute. He's just like sleeping upside down. He has like a little sleepy hat on. I wonder when people stop wearing sleep hats like that. uh, People in England, please tell us. Are you still wearing sleep hats? Yeah, are you still wearing Dickensian (laughs) sleep hats? Because if you are, please send me one. I'll give you my address. (laughs) And also, how do you keep that on your head? I know. I don't understand. I never understood how, like, I could, I sometimes I'll wear a headband because I've, like, done my face and stuff. So I don't want my hair to get in my face oils or whatever. And I'm just like, um, how do you, how does this stay on my head? Well, I even understand, like, wearing a bonnet or, like, a kerchief or whatever to keep your hair nice. But an actual drapey, like, three foot long. (laughs) 
cotton I sack of a hat. I think we need the hat. history of these hats, these sleep hats. We need the history of what yeah, the purpose was. Exactly. And when did they become not useful anymore? Because longer. curly-haired girls have to wear bonnets all the time, but those are so much yeah. closer to your head that it doesn't seem quite as alarming. There's as... like an elastic, usually. Yeah, so at Dickensian sleep hats. But yeah, that is a cute-ass card. It is super cute. I just love it. It's like, it's like snorey sleepy. You can like feel it snoring. So... <laughs> Um, and then I like the two of cups, obviously, because of the snakes. And it's like the two of cups meaning they're kind of intertwined. Yeah. And there's like, it's just, it's just a beat, like all the, like the, even the layout of the, of the cups are just beautiful. Everything's balanced. There's yeah. everyone I've said before, like I get visually overwhelmed very easily. And these cards strike a nice balance with giving you enough stuff on the card without being like completely a mess. Well, and you know what I was thinking really helps with that in a way that if you listen to this podcast, you know, I feel so strongly about borders usually but the borders here are the same color as the background and having that white space or that not that white space that light green sort of like gap gives the eye a place Mm -hmm. to rest between cards so even though there's a ton on each card it doesn't feel as overwhelming and I think that part of it is because of that sort of like more blank edge yeah that's true but it's because it's still it makes it look more like a poster which I think is probably part of the reason why why Madame Clara selected it. But I also think it's a nice way to give your eye kind of a place to fall if it gets too overwhelmed with the middle stuff. Yeah, it doesn't feel as, like, congested. Yeah. Okay, so on top of the Two of Cups, I also mentioned the Lovers, which is also another snake card with yeah, a big moth. I love Like, moths. I love that the moth is sort of like the angel and the snakes are just... Oh, my God! Lovers. That's really astute. And there's, like, an apple from the Garden of Eden. So I think it's just really, like, smart. Yeah, it's so. a lot of the symbolism from the RWS, but in a really cool, sleek way. And the Ace of Cups. I love that the lightning bug has a light bulb butt. Yeah. <laughs> That's the only reason I chose that one, because I, I thought that was really funny. Like, the Ace of Cups, a bright idea. Yeah. Hello, lightning bulb. This but, is a okay. playful, playful it's deck. It's so cute. Like, I'm about to get to my favorite cards, which are the like, punny cards. So yeah. we're, about to, we're about to get there. Let's hear them. Okay, so I think that the, one of the most gorgeous cards is actually the Hanged Man. It's the bat with yeah. all the purples and deep blacks. I think that's the most, like, striking, beautiful card in the deck, I think. My favorite, as far as, like, visually speaking. Uh-huh. And then we have the sun, and I picked, chose this one because there's a lizard riding on the back of a big ant, I think, or a, or a horse, and I just love, like, the, the positive lizard. Like, lizards need the sun to survive, and we need yeah. the, sun, the sun's warmed energy and happiness. I love okay, it. So, now for funny cards. Okay, so, in my opinion, funny cards. Okay, so, the Seven of Swords is, or the Seven of Needles, I should say. Seven of Needles, a.k.a. Seven of Swords, is a double-headed raccoon. <laughs> and the, and raccoons are so trickster and so playful. I fucking love cactus raccoons. <laughs> I know, me I too. Love them. They're the only, okay, so in Korea, I will go to petting zoos often, and one of the animals that they'll always have at a petting zoo, or like at any sort of zoo, is a raccoon. So I always say, hello, American friend, because it's so bizarre they have raccoons yeah. in zoos here. Do they not, ha- do they not exist in Korea in the wild? No, they're like an exotic animal. <laughs> no, there are no squirrels here. There are chipmunks, but there are no squirrels here. Wait, so do so they, they have bizarre. squirrels in zoos too? If they if they can, but raccoons are more popular. Yeah. So How funny. You're like, here. hello, my American friend. <laughs> I always say that. Who brought you here? <laughs> and then I think the Hierophant as a praying mantis is fucking hilarious. Yeah, that's really the funny. The praying mantis, I think that's hilarious. <laughs> well, and also the like implication that it can be deadly is pretty great too. Yes, and like, you know, eat you alive. Yes. <laughs> I love it. And then my one of my last favorite is the Ten of Needles, which is like a porcupine. 
because I have some porcupine needles and just like 10 needles and there's a porcupine with tons of needles coming out of its back. It's like, that's, I just think that's really That's a really good way to also avoid the, uh, the thing that some creators get criticized for where if it's an animal deck, there's an animal that's being stabbed with needles. Like that's perfect because the porcupine already has the needles. Has needles. Yeah. You can, it's just really good and really smart choice for that card. I think that this is the first time ever that we haven't had any overlapping cards. That's really, really funny. Well, I left a lot of the ones with snakes on them for you because I knew that you'd choose them. Let's see for the miners. Let's start. I really like the Ace of Buttons, which is the Ace of Pentacles, because um, I think it's cool that it's still animals, but it's a little bit more mechanized oh, yeah. animals. I think mm-hmm. that's kind of neat for like for like a card that represents, you know, opportunities to have it be like not a traditional animal, but an animal that's been yeah. mechanized. Yeah. Um, I also really love the Two of Matches because I just think it's really pretty. The Two of Wands. Um, it has like a little red tailed squirrel inside of kind of a glow. Oh yes. I almost chose that one. It was so cute. Yeah. And so the, the sort of movement forward with the telescope and the globe is just kind of cool. I also have the nine of cups because I just freaking love peacocks so much. Oh yes. yes so yes, anything yes, with yes. a peacock is going to be amongst my favorite, but I also just really like the, and the peacock with the nine of cups is just so perfect. I like know that animal representative of the nine of cups. Is perfect, Especially because like the sort of like overwhelmingness of the reversed of like, you know, too much is really also there yeah. with a peacock. <laughs> I mean, pe- have you heard of peacocks like caw at you? Yeah. That's too much. Yeah. <laughs> and they have like giant human sized coops apparently. Okay. <laughs> My last minor arcana. This is the discourse of our podcast, right, Esther? <laughs> I mean, what else do you expect? We like animals a lot. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like, do you need a weird trivia fact? I got one for you. We got we got them for you. My last minor arcana is the four of matches, which I obviously love because, first of all, oh, the four of, yes. of wands is always one of my favorite cards. But also yeah. this one has a beehive and a ton of bees and flower mm-hmm. Like uh, garnishes. Nope, that's not the word I'm looking for. Bows of flowers. Garlands. Thank you. (laughs) Deck the halls with bows of flowers. (laughs) 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 Garnishes for the bees. Who knows? But anyway, I always love a bee, obviously. Oh, yeah, yeah. And then I have four majors. Two of them are the additional cards. So there's like several additional cards. I really like the unknown, which is just a big giant egg. That's super cool and kind of creepy. Yes, yes, yes. yes. And I'm into it. And then the other one is the messenger. And the reason that I like this is that it represents spirit guides and it's also a hawk. And Esther knows this. Hawks, well, in addition to being native to my home area in Northern California, there's tons of hawks all over my parents' house all the time. But hawks show up for me a lot when stuff is hard. Like there will be a hawk in my yard and it'll be kind of like a reminder of like everything will be okay. (laughs) So I love that the hawk is representing that in that card too. Um, And then also last but or the last two cards are the star, which I just like this weird ass bird. Oh yes. (laughs) The bird is one of those birds that has all the like spiky head feathers. That's all cute and adorable. (laughs) I guess I could look up to see what it actually is. The star, <laughs> instead of being like, you know, one of those spiky birds. Spiky birds. Just a spiky ass bird. Okay. 
It is. Oh, an ibis, duh. <laughs> I'm a genius. Okay, so it says the starfish, because there's a big starfish in the center. And okay, what ibis. kind of starfish is it? Because there are several species of starfish. Is it just a starfish or like a skinny starfish or a fat starfish? It's a skinny-ass like, starfish, but it has... Skinny-ass starfish. It has eight arms. Well, actually, it has shoes on two of them, so maybe it has six oh, yes, arms yes, yes. and two feet. So it has six <laughs> arms and two feet. This is what we're saying when it's, like, so adorable and Victorian and kind of whimsical, because, like, the starfish yeah, has shoes zany, on two yeah. legs. <laughs> It says, the starfish here beautifully illustrates the idea of renewal and regeneration as this fascinating creature can regrow its own limbs. The ibis is associated with the Egyptian god Toth, or Thoth, the god of wisdom, magic, writing, and insight. As such, this is a card of manifestation, magic, and the future being revealed. The star brings renewed hope and faith and a sense that you are truly blessed. And then last but not least, this is my card of the year, both numerically and also I pulled it as my card of the year from all the major arcanas, and that is the tower. The tower. But I really like this tower because it has a bunch of uh, tortoises stacked, which kind of harkens back to a lot of like world creation myths. But the bottom one is on fire. And so it says, all over the world, the tortoise has been seen as a symbol of security, endurance, peacefulness, longevity, and patience. Here, that stability has been shaken, rocked to the very core with sudden upheaval. The eel represents the electrified lightning bringing sudden destruction. The takeaway, out of chaos and pain comes creation, strength, and renewal. That's so great. I love it. And it's also just really pretty. I like all the different types of turtles that are depicted. It's just, like, super cute. So cute. All right, so now uh, we get to pull a card to represent our relationship with the deck. Yes. Are we going to read the reversals or not, Holly? Ooh, yeah, sure, why not? Let's do it. Or we could do both. We can do, we can do both. upright okay. and we'll reversals. Do both. Yeah. Just to okay. illustrate. Good, good call. Exactly. So, card to represent. Okay, came up reversed. Oh. But it's the Empress. All right. And the Empress is a card that's been stalking me lately, which is interesting. Huh. So the upright of the of the Empress is motherhood, nurture, nature. Yeah. Okay. And then the reverse is dependence, smothering, creative block. Perfect. Smothering. I'm going to smother you. Smother. And I got the five of wands or five of matches reversed. And reversed, it's compromise, agreement, and harmony. And upright, it says conflict, competition, and rivalry. And it has all of these little ants crawling up and down the matches. Oh. And that's pretty cool. It's like, I think it's a good active five of wands. Like, there's more happening in it. It's not not a bunch of bumbling idiots. It's just kind of like some confusion and complexity. Exactly. On. Should we read our section of the little booklets about it too to kind oh, of illustrate? I that don't further? have my little booklet, so oh, I can me. read it's... yours. Yes, please read. Mine. Okay, I'll do the five of matches first because the booklet is laid out with the minors and then the majors at the end, which is interesting. Oh too. yes. Okay, the five of matches. Even though they're all virtually equal, the warrior ants at battle have met their matches, which is a pun that I will <laughs> acknowledge and Thank move you on for from. The pun. I appreciate it, Madam Clara. <laughs> Perpetuating conflict without real purpose, the rivalry here is clearly pointless while the competition persists. What they are not able to see is that together they have the potential to compromise, achieve harmony, and perhaps accomplish great things. I love 
that. It's so great. I know. And then the Empress. Oh, there's a butterfly on the Empress. Yeah, there's butterfly and like blueberries and a locket. The crowned Empress butterfly perfectly embodies her namesake. Butterflies are deep and powerful representations of life and the soul. Around the world, people view the butterfly as representing endurance, change, hope, and life. Here she flutters among the fertile pomegranates and wheat. Pomegranates, not blueberries. Good to know. Reminding was, us. They're really small, okay? They really look like <laughs> pomegranate size compared to them. Whoa! I never really thought about how pomegranates and blueberries look really similar if they're small. Yeah. Because pomegranates <laughs> also have the same, blueberries and pomegranates yeah, the have the same little, little crown yeah. thing. All right. Yeah. Here she flutters among the fertile pomegranates and wheat, reminding us of the need for time out in nature to rejuvenate our universal energy and connect to the fertile earth. I'm Vindigate. See, look at these. They look like blueberries. Yeah, they totally do. Thank you. What if I were just a total pain in the ass and was like, no, Esther, those are no, clearly. <laughs> what if I five of wands the shit out of this and was like, Esther, you giant idiot. Those are clearly <laughs> pomegranates. clearly pomegranates. <laughs> <laughs> love it all right well uh next week we're going to be talking about the lightseers tarot by chris and donnelly yes. woo woo and you have both editions i have correct? both editions i have the indie so it's going and to be a complete market. review it's complete exactly and that's our show don't forget to send us your questions you can find all of our contact information and also our shop where you can still buy the wildly tarot mini deck at wildlytarot.com and also tell your friend about us and write and review us. We've got a lot of like cute little reviews the past couple of weeks. Yay. So it's been really just nice. To I know. See I them. saw that we're at like 79 on iTunes. I was like, I was like, thank you, everyone. Yeah. This is really nice. <laughs> if you love us, leave a review. Yeah. You can also follow us on Instagram at Wildly Tarot Podcast or join our Facebook community by searching for Wildly Tarot Podcast on Facebook. And as we mentioned before, you can support us on Patreon and get extra bonus stuff. So we would love your support. It, it helps us grow this podcast into something that we never thought we could, you know, like imagine when we first started. Exactly. So. Exactly. And remember, go forth and tarot wildly this week. We, we love, love you. So We're much. back. We're back. Yeah, we are. <laughs>